Welcome everyone to Overcome Podcast episode 47. Uh, today we have uh, an ultra athlete uh, with us. Her name is Paulian Keller. Paulian, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Paulian, uh, I was looking to your uh, site, um, Foster Kids to Ultra Athlete, and I really enjoy uh, the quote uh, from you that you wrote there, which says, Choose not only to overcome your past, but work to transcend it. That's beautiful. Thank you. And it's, it matches with the name of the show, Overcome. So um, let's talk about how everything started. You know, um, tell us a little bit about your story and uh, and, and some of the most uh, difficult moments that you had to overcome to get your mindset, uh, where it is, and uh, putting things together and to actually your first race? So I guess my earliest childhood memory is just watching my dad pull my mom by her hair down the road. It was just a home full of domestic violence. Um, kind of went in and out of the battered home shelters for women. And then finally my mom divorced my dad. It was still a real struggle. And then, unfortunately, we realized my mom was paranoid schizophrenic, and she beat us children. And so about the age of nine, ended up in foster care, kind of in and out of the foster care system where we were also sexually abused. And then we ended up back with our father um, after a few years in the foster care system which started out amazing. He got his life together, got his children back with him. However, it didn't last long. Um, Before we knew it, he was back on the drugs and alcohol. And so it ended up to be a very um, difficult uh, childhood till about age 17. And about age 17, I graduated, barely, but I graduated left home, went to California. Um, and at that point, I just decided I wasn't going to be like my parents. I wasn't going to drink alcohol, use drugs. I was obese at the time. I just wanted to lose the weight. Um, so I set out on a journey, but it only lasted about a year. Um, got into a real bad situation, got back out, moved around quite a bit. And then I started college and unfortunately ended up into a few domestic violence relationships. Um, Got out of those, got back in college. Took me about 10 years, but I did graduate with my social Mm -hmm. work degree. But during that time, I met the love of my life, which was my husband, and we had three kids together. And I decided, after having the three kids, I decided to finish my degree, so I did that. And then I decided to do my first marathon after I had my last child. He was about nine, ten months. I just remember because I had to finish the marathon, hurry back, in um, pump because I was breastfeeding at the time so I'll never forget that first marathon and my husband did it with me 
And since then, we've done, I've done like over 120 marathons. And like, well, I was like, let me do one marathon. And then I was like, let me try and qualify for Boston. So I did. And then I was like, let me try to do 100 marathons. So I did the 100 marathons. And then a friend told me, he said, you can do an Ironman. So I just went out, bought an $800 bike, made my own little plan, taught myself to swim, and did my first Ironman. And now, uh, my then we just finished the 50 States a couple weeks ago. Me and my husband together finished the 50 States. And now the big goal is to do a 100-mile ultra. So that's what's on the agenda next. Wow, unbelievable! That's that's amazing, uh, and there's a lot of things to explore from that. Because uh, let's start from the beginning, of course. I mean, your first uh, marathon. Uh, I I probably at that point you probably are, were not obese anymore, right? After your first kid, or did you have to lose weight first to then do the marathon, or you just did uh, with the weight that you were? At the weight I was. I, I lost some weight. As soon as I left home, I was able to get on a. I never quit working out. From that day, I decided I'm going to work out and get healthy. I did. Mm-hmm. I've sustained that for 30, 31 years. I've sustained that. And not only the workout, uh, you, you probably kept a really good diet as well, right? Yeah, you know, you kind of go through those. Um, ups and downs <laughs> yeah you know they were like don't eat fat eat fat you know try this you know you would try these different things mm-hmm. until you kind of figure it out for yourself and then you're just like get rid of the chemicals you know and go to natural foods and you just kind of find what works for you in your body and so that's what I've done and I, I really like the, the, the fact that uh, at some point in your life, you were like, I'm not going to be like Dan and I'm going to build my own life uh, from here on. Because we know a lot of people that they are so attached uh, with the past that they just cannot move forward because they are always talking and thinking about the past. And when things go wrong, they always blame the past. It looks like you never really did that. Uh, no, I just got, even to this day, I get up every day and just try to do a little bit better today and to try to, I stay focused on the goals ahead of me. Um, you, if you're always looking in the rear view mirror, you can't see what's ahead of you, you know, and I wanted to focus on what's ahead of me and work towards those goals I had for myself. And I always say, you know, it was God, hard work, and determination. You know, it was a lot of hard work and a lot of rough days and a lot of failing and a lot of just falling down and having to get back up and having those days you just cry, you know, but then you got to get it back up the next day and start over and get it done. So there was never a moment that you thought about quitting or anything like that. You always took your time to you know, digest, even if you had to cry, but digest the situation and think, well, tomorrow is a new day, I'm going to do it again. Yes, because I was determined to write a new book, and I was determined that my kids 
wouldn't be raised like I was and to create a better life for them and to stop that cycle of abuse and neglect and provide a healthy and safe environment for my kids. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that kept me going, that kept me focused on better things. Right, right. But I mean, the sports sides, uh, uh, the sports side of your life, the athleticism and those uh, tournaments, uh, races and everything, this is, is, is not your really career, right? This is more like a side uh, hobby that you pursue on your own, right? So, it, or it, it is, you live by doing this. Yeah, I'm a full-time social worker, so I work all day, and then I do coaching on the side, and then I do... I just work out like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's even it's even more impressive because you don't do this for a living. You not you don't have sponsor or anything. You do this because you love doing it, because you want to keep challenge you, and because you establish those goals and you go after it. It kind of motivates you, and uh, it helps you to continue move forward even in your in your personal life. Yes, and it's really important to me to show that every other everyday people can endure and overcome these obstacles you know i i literally one night a good friend of mine told me you can do this do an iron man i was like do an iron man i don't even know how to swim and he said you can do it and that's all it took it took somebody to tell me i could do it and i went home that night i got on my phone and i registered for a, a sprint triathlon, a half Ironman, and a full Ironman that night. And then I had to train myself how to swim via YouTube. I bought an $800 bike and I would go out. We lived near Texas Motor Speedway and I would just do circles, you know. And then I had the running down, but I had to learn to train, you know, doing the running and the biking and the swimming all together. But I I wrote my own coaching plan and I trained myself and I was successful. So I just want to, you don't have to have all the money. You don't have to have the coach, but you have to be willing to work hard and be willing to get out of your comfort zone to grow and learn and you have to and get and it. you have to be willing to fail because probably many times you tried to do the right thing it didn't work in the first attempt and then you kept trying so you have to be willing to fail and uh, and persist in in your plan continually i'm i'm still falling right we're always failing but you got to get back up and keep fighting and I'm just determined to do that until my story ends. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And, and for those uh, races, one of the things that I think is quite amazing uh, about people that uh, race is that they are, most of them, that not really focusing on winning. They are focusing finishing. Uh, is that also your focus, to ensure that you are able to finish? Finishing and enjoying the journey is really important to me. I like ultra running is my favorite and just being out in nature um, and I just feel free when I run and for those that are listening what is the difference between the the marathon the ultra and the Ironman so the marathon is 26.2 and ultra is anything past that 
And Ironman is a 2.4 miles open water swim, 112 mile bike bike ride, and a 26.2 mile run. How long it usually takes the Ironman to finish the whole uh, uh, the whole you know uh, tournament, the whole race? Everyone's different. My last one was about 12 and a half hours. Wow, nonstop. No stop. Just to eat my peanut butter and jellies, and I do. <laughs> People make fun of me because I stop halfway on the bike and take a lunch break. Um, it's kind of an ongoing joke. I like my but, but for long, for how long that 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 uh, that break goes? Like five minutes? Yeah, about ten minutes. Ten minutes. That's interesting. But it mentally gets me in in the right mental spot because I tell myself, okay, you're halfway done with the bike. You only have have to go you know i just break i break down everything into small increments like instead of thinking of the whole iron man you're like okay i just got to get through with the swim and then you mentally get yourself ready oh i just need to get to my lunch break which is the half on the bike and then you tell yourself i just need to get to the finish line on the bike and then you tell yourself okay i just need to do one mile at a time and finish the marathon and then you're done instead of thinking of the whole thing and allowing it to overwhelm you mm -hmm. yeah no that's, that's, that's good that's good because you it's almost like small wins right you, you you keep focusing on those small wins until you finish the everything right yeah that's a really that's a good strategy like mm -hmm. and, and, you know like the ultra event <laughs> yeah go ahead life is an ultra event you know and that's how i've gotten through life is just breaking it down into small steps sometimes one day at a time some days one moment at a time um but if you break it down and simplify it you can get through it you seems to be that person that look at the half uh the cup with half water and say it's half full instead of saying it's half empty right so you're very positive as well yes and i I'm a huge believer in self-talk and just not giving a voice to that pain. Um, if you're out running and it's pouring down rain, you just focus on the positives. If you tell yourself it's miserable, I hate this, I want to quit, that's what your marathon's going to be. If you tell yourself I get to be out here, I get to enjoy the day, I have the physical body to do this, it's going to be a totally different experience for you. So you never really get uh, anxious or nervous before those races. I mean, since the beginning, or you, you did uh, had those feelings, and you you improve over time. I've with the open water swim, I've really struggled. I, I've had bad panic attacks. Um, this last Ironman in Cozumel, I had never did an open water swim without a wetsuit and I when I got there I found out I couldn't wear a wetsuit um so I got up there and it was either quit or just swim without the wetsuit hmm. you know and so you just sometimes you just got to jump in and swim and so that's what I did and then once you do that you're like oh I can swim without a wetsuit I don't need a wetsuit you know or once you complete something you've worked really hard for, when you complete that marathon, you're like, oh, what else can I do? Maybe I could do an ultra. And then you complete the ultra, and you're like, maybe I could do an Ironman. And then you're like, 
maybe I can do a hundred mile ultra, you know? So those, like you stated, those little wins are big. Yeah. They're big. Yeah, because it also helps to condition your mental state uh, uh, to keep improving and to uh, face your fears, right? I mean, when you said you were struggling the open water, you were basically facing one of your fears, and then you were able to overcome that fear and, and able to finish. Yes, because what is your option? I was either going to jump in that water or I was going to turn around and face 2,000 people <laughs> and walk out and say, I quit, you know? So those were my only choices. And I think really that's what life's about, you know? You can quit or you can get back up and keep moving forward. And uh, how I was the first five minutes on that water as soon as you jump? <laughs> oh, I had a terrible day back. And then I hit this really cold spot and I just froze. I just froze. But then I just practiced breathing. I saw the others swimming. So then I just doggy paddled over to them. Mm -hmm. And then I got back into my groove. But I had to just stop and breathe. It takes some time to get my heart rate under control. Really? And just, just start doggy paddling <laughs> until I got back in with them and got back in with the flow. And then I finished. How long it was the the this uh, this um, swimming? Like 30, 40 minutes, something like that, or more? It was more. I think it was over an hour. And then it stormed on the bike ride. It stormed, and um, but like I said, you just keep going, <laughs> and then you finish, and then you're on the run. Uh, do you have any uh, memory of the most difficult uh, out of those uh, races that you've done? Which one was the most difficult one for you to finish? Uh, Ironman Kentucky. Um, Why? It was my husband's first. And it was freezing cold and it was pouring and we got in line and we're in line to start the Ironman. And then we heard a rumor that they put the pros in, but because of the, the current in the water, they took the pros out and they rerouted it. So it was a quicker, we went downstream. So it took a while to get up there. My toes were blue by the time we got up there and then got up there, jumped in, and I was freezing when I got out. My, I was so cold and so swollen. The volunteers had to help change me and get my clothes on for the bike ride. Then I got on the bike ride, and I thought, okay, I just need to start going, because then once I start moving, and it was a hilly ride, my body will warm up, but my body never warmed up. I was shaking, and I had hypothermia, and then about 30 miles in was the first rest stop and they moved the rest stop into the school um, and I, I just told them I need to go into the school and I hear my husband yelling my name and I was like where is he coming from mm -hmm. and he was sitting in the car with some other athletes with the heaters warming up and so we go into the school and I said I told them I said we're going to go straight into the restrooms and go to um, 
under the hand dryers and we're going to warm up. That's, that's all I could think of was get under those hand dryers and warm up. But we couldn't get warm even after 10 minutes. Wow. So we came out and there were like five of us and we came up with this plan. Um, we stripped down, we found some medical blankets, we wrapped ourselves in medical blankets, duct taped them, then took uh, the Mylar blankets, wrapped ourselves, and then we threw away our socks, we wrapped our feet in Mylar, and we put Mylar on our head underneath our helmet, and then we went back out. We just were not prepared for the rain. That was the problem. And that's what we learned. Oh, always come prepared. Um, what other people, so other people were prepared or, uh, yeah, no, there were a lot of people getting on the bus due to the hypothermia. They were getting out, out of the event. Um, and we go and then I did about a circle and then I stopped again at the same rest stop because it was, a couple loops and I was determined to go back under that hairdryer and warm back up um, but by this time there was a bus out there in a U-Haul because people were getting off the course they were bussing them out and putting their bikes in the U-Haul mm -hmm. and they're like are you gonna quit and I was like no if they kick me off the course I'm done and then by this time there's only about five of us left and I call this the team never quitters. They were people you would not think were even athletes and we're just out there doing our best. And we all just agreed if they take us off the course, we're done. But they didn't and we got back to the tent and I was so cold still, my hands were still so swollen. They changed my clothes for me again. And I left the Mylar on, uh, but then I went and did the marathon and finished and we prevailed. That's amazing. <laughs> That was that was the hardest one we've done. It was when was that last year? Two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. So probably from there, that experience you learn a lot. Uh, to to you know, uh, as you just said, what to bring, how to prepare. What was the the most uh, important lesson learned from that one? Um, never give up you know just keep going and yeah you're it's better to have too much than not enough mm -hmm. it's better just to bring it all with you if you don't need it <laughs> you know you don't need it but it's better to have it yeah. there with you when you are preparing for a season do you kind of map already all the races throughout the year and, and you say i'm gonna do this this and that or do you you go, I mean, you don't really have this uh, plan throughout the entire season. You just go as it becomes available. No, we map them out. And do you, do, do you try to do, do you, do you do try to do some uh, races in, in spring, summer and winter, or you don't, it doesn't matter which uh, season of the year it is? It's really just what's going on in life um like this year the big goal was to finish the me and my husband together finished 50 marathons in 50 states so that was kind of our big goal this year and then we did Ironman Cozumel those were our two big events um 
this year we're trying to save leave from work and money. So I'm doing Ironman Texas solo without my husband. And then I am also doing a hundred mile trail run. So those will just be my two big events this year. Any plans to do uh, any race in Europe? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> There is any one in particular that you're like, wow, I would love to do that one. No. Mm -mm. No. No. So now that you already went through all these 100 races and and the um, the Ironman, the Ultra, you, you you mentioned that what the next goal is, but um, do you map just your next step, or you have like a vision of you know long term vision? That's what I want to be like two years from now. No, I just take baby steps. Um, like right now, I'm just focused on, I have Ironman Texas in April. And then I know I have to start training for the 100 mile trail run. So after I finish the Ironman in Texas, I'll start training for the 100 mile trail run. So since you have your... A job, a full-time job that you are very occupied, and uh, the coach uh, on the side. Uh, what time do you train? Early in the morning, uh, at the end of the day, lunchtime? Yeah, I get up between three thirty and four every day. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. And I go to bed by nine at the very latest. I, you know, I live a very disciplined life, but I thrive. In discipline and I thrive um, living on a schedule works for me mm -hmm. you know I, I enjoy getting up early in the morning I I love the early mornings um, you just if you know you're gonna go out on a date with your spouse Friday night you need to adjust your schedule you know you have to do things a little differently and plan ahead but for the most part I just live a very disciplined life. And I tell people to this day, I get, I have to get my, you know, all my workout gear the night before I need to prepare, mm -hmm. you know, everything's ready and set to go in the morning. So I have no excuse. I just got to grab it and go. And I've been doing that for, you know, 20, 30 years. Wow. But that's me. Consistency is very important, right? Because a lot of people fail also because they are able to do the plan for a couple of weeks and then they start derail the plan and they never go back on track. And so discipline and, and consistency are, are very important. Yes. And for me, it's just you, every day you do something to better yourself and become 1% better, right? Mm -hmm. That means going the extra mile or reading 10 pages in a book or spending more time in prayer or meditation. You know, every day I try to do something to better myself. So you started and then your husband joined you on this journey. Uh, when he joined, he joined because he got super motivated to see you doing it or because you influence him a lot to do it I think a little of both but mainly I think I influence them and it's really 
helped our marriage and brought us closer together. And when we started on the 50 states journey, I just read about it in the newspaper. A man with MS did 50 marathons in 50 states. And I was like, if a man with MS can do this, I can do this. I woke up my husband, it was like four in the morning. And I was like, we are gonna do this. And he agreed to do it. And the compromise was, he said, I'll do it as long as we enjoy the journey. We take our time and we do it right. You know, we go these different states, we do the marathons, and then we, you know, spend some time vacationing. And when our kids were younger, we would just take them with us. That was our vacation, you know, and we do the marathon as soon as we got there. And then we have vacation the rest of the time with our kids. Um, and once we started doing it, he ended up enjoying the journey more than I did. And a bonus was our kids were aging through this process and we became empty nesters. So it'll, it ensured we spent that, time, that quality time together training and going to these marathons before they left. Mm-hmm. So our marriage was really strong when we became empty nesters because we had all that time together. It forced us to spend time together. Because, you know, things were always coming up with the kids. He didn't have a tournament, then he had a tournament. Or, you know, one of the kids had this. But we're like, no, we made this plan. We trained for it, and we did it, and we spent that time together. And so I really think it helped our marriage a lot, and it helped with the transition to becoming an empty nester. Yeah. So this basically means that every year you you y'all were competing at some race. Now comes the question: In 2020, when we had the lockdown, probably was a pretty hard on you guys, right? Because you were so active, and now you cannot do it. And there is nothing available for you to do. So how did you handle that? Honestly, it was the best year we ever had. We were scheduled to do marathons. They got canceled, so we went to trail runs, which are my very favorite. So we did a trail run in Bryce Canyon. Uh, They just kind of open it up. They like say show up between this time and this time, and you have this much time to finish the 50 miles or 30 miles or whatever you're doing. So there wasn't that one-on-one contact, and it was like a drive-through packet pickup. Um, so we did Bryce Canyon, we did an ultra in Lake Tahoe. Well, at Bryce Canyon, we did the ultra, and then we spent a week um, was that, hiking. Was, was that in 2020 there. during the lockdowns? Yes. And then we went to Tahoe, we did an ultra, and then we went boating, and then we went to Jackson and ran, and then we went to the national parks. And there was really nobody there, so we really enjoyed all the trail runs that year. <laughs> we just flipped it. Instead of marathons, we did trail runs. It, trail ultra. Interesting. And then the planes were empty and the flights were cheap, you know, and we were healthy, so we weren't, you know, everybody was different. Everybody handled it differently, yeah. but that's how we did it. Um, so actually, it was one of our best years. Yeah, I guess because... Uh even for you to train you don't really de- depend a lot on gym right you, you probably you probably go to the gym but for you to prepare um you just need to to run and to swim right and, and to ride a bike so you are really not depend on having to go to the gym and use equipment and things like that and then it was the end of 20 it was i think it was 2020 
Yeah, at the end of 2020, they only had one Iron Man, and it was in November, and I was registered and did that one. But I didn't train because I really didn't think it was going to happen. They were all canceled that year except Florida in November. And um, I just did it. I already had the base, so I just did a six-week training plan. I would do like an 18-mile run and then an 80-mile bike or 60 mile bike and then the next weekend a 20 mile run and an 80 mile bike and then the next weekend like a 22 mile run and a 100 mile bike and then I reversed that I came down Mm -hmm. to the you know back down to the 18 so it was just the six week training plan and it worked it went great I had a great day um so I was blessed to be able to get into the only Ironman that year I mean I was slow but it was a great day yeah yeah, for so I really got lucky with the COVID. Well, that's great. Uh, that's really good to know. Um, throughout those um, uh, races and and years competing, and did you have any injury that you had that had do you had to stop at some point because of an injury, or are you pretty healthy on that? Um, I caused my own bike wreck, which is a whole story in itself, and so I had an MCL tear. Um, I've had little things, but I just figure out what I can do. So if I'm injured and I can't run, I go swim, you know, if I can't swim and I can bike, I go bike. If, if I can't do anything with the leg, I'll go kayak. So if I get injured, I just figure it out, figure out what I can do and focus on that. Mm-hmm. Most injuries, you can still swim. So that's been a blessing with the swimming, being able to swim. But this ACL problem was during a uh, a race or it was not on the race? It was not on a race. (laughs) I threw a bag on one shoulder and it slid off my shoulder, got under my tire, and I flipped over my handlebars and I was locked in. My shoes, my feet were locked in. Wow. I just caused myself an MCL tear, but did you uh, had to have any surgery to fix that? No. No, I just had to be off it a long time. And 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 so that one you really had to take off, right? Mm-hmm. How how was the the mindset during that time? Since you are so extremely active, uh, it it was fine. Like I said, I just focus what I can do. I just don't have time to go there mentally. Mm. That's just that's I, interesting I, because I mean I had I, a, I had a a major um, injury in 2020 and I'm also extremely active and to me it was really hard to be to had a surgery and to just rest for months. It was difficult, very difficult. And actually, it was main, the main reason I, I created the podcast because I was interviewing a lot of athletes that uh, had similar issues. And everyone is different. Everyone handles differently. Uh, it's just awesome the way that you handle things. You don't really focus on the problem. You try to do other things. And I, I've been learning how to incorporate those things in you know on, on my routine because I think it's it's amazing what you are able to do. Yeah, there's a quote that says, if you stay in your head, you're dead. So 
if I just think on those things all the time, it messes with me. So I just have to stay positive and just stay in the right mindset, you know, for me personally, because otherwise I don't do well, <laughs> you know, it's just, and I will say work, I work at Children's Protective Services. I worked there 17 years and working there puts life into perspective because you really, every day you realize what's really important and it's not, um, how fast I went on a marathon or did I get hurt today? You know, because there's a lot of people and a lot of real serious pain. So that's truly a great gift that I come home every day with the right perspective. Yeah. And it puts everything into perspective. Do you think your early days uh, struggle from the early days also help you to always put things in perspective? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. You probably look back and you're like, well, I've been through so many stuff that this is nothing. Yes. You know, when I have a bad day, that's what I have to focus on is what I have overcome, you know, and stay focused on that. And I think that's that's for a lot of people, you know. A lot of people who survived trauma, they got to figure out how did I overcome the trauma in my past? How can I use that now to get me through this struggle? Yep, yep. Um, what is your advice for, um, as you said, regular people that are trying to establish a program and uh, just get back in shape and, and challenge a little bit, but they are already after 40s because sometimes a lot of people, and including myself, I started to really challenge myself in sports. I was 39 uh, and now with 47, I've been doing this consistently for eight years. It's, it's fun, but with time and age, Sometimes it's hard to recover, and recover, you know, is so important. Uh, and sometimes the, the, the mind wants to do something, but the body says, well, uh, you need more rest. <laughs> uh, so how do you handle that? Well, I have you beat because I'm 48. <laughs> um, in regards to that, I tell every, I just think now more than ever, you know, the older you get, you have to listen to your body. You know, it, like... I just had, I did a marathon in Maui, came back, waited a week, did a 10-mile run. Then I went out the next day and did, I was going to do another 10-mile run, I think. But at mile four, I, my hip just started hurting, and that's never happened. I don't even know what caused it, but I quit right away. You know, I had to listen to my body right away and quit running and then I just walked and then I realized oh I can spin I can do bike and it's fine I can swim and it's fine and then I my friend um, is a chiropractor and she works on soft tissue and so she helped me work it out and she said it's not a big deal I just need to let it rest and heal um, so I just have to listen to my body do what I can like I said I can spin and I can swim so I'm just focusing on that until I'm able to run again so I think the key for me is as you get older it's now 
it's more important to listen to your body and to stretch and to recover. The, the, and get sleep. Sleep's yeah. huge. Eating is huge. Um, since you you said that you've been doing this for 30 years, what uh, the experienced Paulian would say to the hooky Paulian uh, as far as race that you will learn over time and you made a lot of mistakes in the beginning? What would I say to my younger self? Yep. Just enjoy the journey. Just enjoy the journey. So you're saying that in the beginning you were more concerned about the race itself and you put a lot more pressure on you and now you don't do that. You enjoy more now than you used to. Yes. And, and like I said, self-talk is huge. And it's funny. I used to be like, oh, it's going to rain. You know, I used to check the weather. Oh, it's going to rain. We're going to go run in the rain. You know, and it would get you all flustered. Like, you just watch the seven-day forecast. And now I'm just like, oh, it's going to rain. Just enjoy the rain, you know. It's going to still be a beautiful day. You're going to get through it. You might have a blister or two, but you will get through it. You know, those little things. But you see so many people be so hard on themselves, they end up just quitting, right? Yeah. Because they become over and then they get injured because they're pushing themselves so hard and they're so stressed out that they can't enjoy it and what my husband and I have learned doing this over the years is the people who just enjoy the journey really continue to go on with the sport yeah that's true that's really true for not only for race for for everything um uh, it's very important to 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 enjoy and and to have fun and to really take advantage of the mom that moment and many times you only realize that when you suffer a major injury that made you not be able to do what you like to do and then when you do it again uh after you recover you're like wow it feels so good just the fact that i'm here right i don't even know if i'm gonna win or if I'm going to have a good, uh, uh, my time will be better than last time. But as long as I'm here and I finish, that's, that's all. Yeah. And progress takes time too. you know, don't expect these quick, sexy results, you know, to happen overnight. It's going to take time and give yourself grace through the process. You know, do you, do you, always, then, do, I, do you always kind of uh, compare your times and, because I know you already said that the most important thing to you is to finish, but as a, as an athlete, do you also keep measuring your time and, and see if you are making progress? And if not, you do make some adjustments on our training? No, <laughs> people laugh at me about this, but I don't time myself at all. I timed myself only once in one marathon, and that was to qualify for Boston. And then I qualified for Boston. And then even when I got to Boston, I was like, the hard work's done. I'm going to enjoy it. I was taking candy from kids, high five, enjoying it. Um, and I've never timed myself again. And I do everything by feel. If I feel great, I run harder. Um, if I don't, I slow down. So I do everything by feel, and I don't time myself at all. Interesting. Very interesting. 
So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, as you said, for you is about enjoying and finishing. That's the, the, the those are the ultimate goals. Yes. And comes the other point about longevity. Uh, do you plan to keep doing this until when? Uh, until my body tells me differently. Um, people always say, what about your knees? What about your joints? I feel amazing. I'm 48. I feel the best I've ever felt. Um, if it gets to a point I can't run, I'll just hike and kayak. I'll just figure out what I can do, you know, and enjoy that. It's just that, you know, it just might be a new season. So you don't have any joint problem at all? You have no pain, nothing? No, I feel amazing. I feel really good. Um, the day, what, what happens on the day after the race? Are you, do you feel just so, pure soreness and then you rest? Uh, there is any routine that you go through after the race? Um, I'm all about active recovery. So I'll go out and explore, do a lot of walking, um, just keep moving. I think for me, the worst thing I can do is just like lay on the couch and let everything tighten up. So just active recovery again rehydrating eating healthy um and keeping your body moving wow that's fantastic that's fantastic so you're almost like you don't take a break at all (laughs) if it sounds like (laughs) well you know i just like walk and swim and um but i do think it's important i think active recovery is important i i personally just laying around my muscles seem to tighten up mm. does that make sense yep, yep. if i'm out walking and moving or swimming it's just keeping them going until i feel really good again and then i'll run when, you know i'll listen to my body and when i feel like okay i feel I'm back to myself we can start running again so i do everything by feel and and since you do everything by feel it will vary according to the that moment uh, in time, how you're feeling, which means that you really don't have a, a, a pattern or routine that you do post uh, race. It's not that like you're gonna uh, do some massage, you know, some cryotherapy to recover. You you try to be as simple as possible. Yes, and I'm on a budget, so <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those things don't fit in the budget. So I just do what I you know what I can afford and what I can do and um, what I know my body needs just one curiosity here when you were um, preparing to the to the Ironman you knew that the water was going to be cold you knew that right you probably knew that the open water will be cold when you were preparing were you already uh, swimming in the cold water yeah with a with a wetsuit Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's why you freak. That's why you freak out, right? That's why you freak out because you didn't have the wetsuit. <laughs> well, no. In Cozumel, the water was warm. We were actually standing in the rain, freezing, and we were all waiting to get in the water because we knew we had warm up once we got in the water. And then I just hit a really cold spot. I don't know what causes that in the ocean, but there's these cold spots, and I veered off and hit that cold spot. But overall, the water was very warm and that's why they don't let you wear this wetsuit because of the temperature of the water it was like what 70 maybe oh i don't know i don't know 
I'd be lying if I guessed. <laughs> I don't know. It was warm though. It was warmer in the water than outside. But when you prepare here in, uh, in Texas, do you go to a lake uh, to swim? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the lake is cold. Sometimes. It matters what time of the year it is. It's warm in the summer and cooler in the winter. And I struggle. I struggle. Open water swim is the very hardest thing for me. I have a panic attack every time I get in that water. Um, a couple times I wanted to quit. Uh, one time I didn't even know that you were supposed to raise your hand to get out of the water. <laughs> to get somebody to help you. So I kept going because I didn't know how to get help. Um, but open water swim is the most difficult for me. If I can get through the swim, I'm good. But that's that's my biggest struggle. Wow, I can imagine. Well, Pauline, thank you uh, very much. I think that uh, was a great story to, to share. Uh, I'm really glad uh, Kelly introduced me to you and, and she was the one that um, uh, brought your your background and everything and I, and I was like well I gotta talk to her on the on the podcast to make sure that she share her story and the struggles and all the the things that uh, uh, she accomplished over the years so thank you very much for taking the time to record this thank you for having me absolutely all right everyone that's a wrap for today's episode thank you very much uh, and stay tuned we have much more to